Welcome to a special edition of Civic, where we are bringing you audio from the most recent San Francisco press conference about how the city's responding to the coronavirus pandemic. We're bringing you the full audio of these announcements, with only pauses and silence removed in the interest of time. This announcement was made on Thursday, May 28th. You're listening to KSFP LP 102.5 FM, San Francisco. All right, folks, sorry about that. We are trying to start on time uh, because we know how busy everyone is. I'm London Breed. I'm the mayor of San Francisco, and today I am joined by the assessor recorder, Carmen Chu, the director of the Department of Public Health, Dr. Grant Koufax, the director of the Department of Emergency Management, Mary Ellen Carroll, the director of Housing and Homelessness, uh, Abigail Stewart-Kahn, and the director of the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, Joaquin Torres. Uh, today, uh, we're going to do things a little bit different because we actually have good news and we actually have a guide for what San Francisco will look like as we begin to uh, envision a new normal and a future where we can get our city going, get back to work, and get back to um, our lives as we know it, although we will be making a number of adjustments in this process. Um, four months ago, we operated the Emergency Operations Center, and we called attention to what we knew potentially uh, was coming to San Francisco. About three months ago, we declared a local state of emergency, and at that time, as you will call, we had not one case in San Francisco. Uh, ten weeks ago, we ordered a shelter in place, and the fact is, we acted fast, and San Francisco is being praised as a motto for not only stopping an acceleration of the curve, but we are at a stage where we are seeing the curve lowered finally. Uh, and so there is hope, uh, but we still have a long way to go. The fact is, at this time, there is no vaccine. And although we've made progress at any given moment, any event, any wrong move, even moving too fastly to reopen our city could put us in a situation far worse than what we've seen in other places like Italy and even in New York City. Uh, and what we want to do is avoid going there. Uh, and, and that's really why um, the reopening has been slow uh, and it has been safe uh, because the purpose is to keep the public healthy and to make sure that we stop the spread, but also we understand the need for people to get back to work. We understand that not only is public health uh, challenged at this time, but we also realize that the financial health of so many residents of San Francisco is in jeopardy. And so we want to balance those things, uh, and that's been a really tough balance. And so today, as people all over the city continue to ask, well, what's happening? What are we doing? Is this being extended? Um, the good news is that um, we are going to talk about uh, specifically today, some dates and a number of uh, businesses and things that can resume as long as the five indicators that we talked about before continue 
to improve. The testing capacity has gone up considerably. The PPE uh, capacity, uh, the number of deaths and hospitalizations and other things we are uh, seeing uh, stabilize, and in, in some cases, the hospitalizations have been lowered. Uh, so that's good news, and we want to keep it that way. And the only reason why we are in this situation in the first place is because most San Franciscans took the order seriously, and you've done an amazing job at complying with this order. So we wouldn't be here if most people wouldn't cooperate. Yes, we know that there are some people out there who aren't following the rules and who are sometimes the bad actors, but we all know that there is no way we're going to get 100% compliance. But the fact that we have a significant number of people in this city complying with this order is the only reason why we are at this place right now, where we can really start having a conversation around what San Francisco will look like when we begin to open. All the questions, all the concerns, all the uncertainty, I, I understand, because I feel from not knowing myself as the leader of this city, uh, but I want you to know every single day, I'm fighting to give you more. Every single day, I'm fighting to make sure that we implement the kinds of policies that are not so restrictive that we're not able to get back to our lives. So I want to really take this opportunity uh, to express appreciation to so many San Franciscans for not only complying, but people who have supported their neighbors, those who have delivered food to seniors, people who have gone out of their way to support our small business community, those that are suffering, people who I know are still paying their, their hairdressers and their barbers and, and, and other people, people who are going above and beyond to do a little bit more for someone else because so many people are struggling. The people who have contributed to give to SF, both the small and large donations, people from all over the city, that money has gone to help provide food, to provide rental assistance, to provide support for our small businesses. Everything has made a difference. And we know that there are so many people still struggling. Over 100,000 people have applied for unemployment in our city. Yet we still see the resilience of the city and people continuing to fight harder more than ever uh, to make sure that their business is able to reopen, that they're able to continue to cover themselves, to take care of their bills, but also to take care of the people that they're here to serve. So this has been challenging, uh, but uh, we are getting through it, and we are getting through this together. So the path forward, I want to talk just a little bit about that, and, and I want to really, really appreciate not just the Department of Public Health for working with us on finally giving us uh, an opportunity to have some sort of date or, or, or time frame for what we think is reasonable to communicate to the public on a reopening plan, but I really want to acknowledge and appreciate uh, the Economic Recovery Task Force, and Carmen Chu, the assessor recorder, will go into a little bit more detail about the work that they are doing to get us open, uh, as well as the other leaders of that uh, committee, Rodney Fong with the San Francisco Chamber, uh, Rudy Gonzalez with the San Francisco Labor Council, and uh, our treasurer, Jose Cisneros, and my 
uh, uh, co my partner in this effort, uh, president of the Board of Supervisors, Norman Yee, um, some amazing people, very talented people uh, who are working hand in hand to not only provide the guidance for reopening San Francisco for our business community, uh, but economic recovery and what that might look like, what the new normal with the guidelines and providing uh, that to our businesses who are wondering, okay, when I open, what am I required to do? So we want to continue to make sure we are getting you prepared uh, for what we know is to come. So uh, just to talk a little bit about the next phase. Um, and so I just want to go over the fact that the state, and, 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 and there's also some confusion as to the state guidelines that are different from the city guidelines. And I want to clarify, the fact is the state has issued guidance for the entire state. Now, the numbers in San Francisco are not the same numbers in Napa County. Everyone has a different uh, scenario and a different guide because they are facing different, every county has different challenges. And so the state has provided us a guide and we are following that guide based on the data uh, in San Francisco to make informed decisions as to when we believe uh, we will be able to open safely. And the last thing we want to do is begin the process of reopening, see a surge of cases, and then have to go back to closing the city completely. And we're in a good place. We're in a good place because you continue to follow the guidelines. So let's just get started. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going to happen over the next couple of months so that people can begin uh, to prepare for reopening and to work harder on masking, hand washing, and social distancing. So starting June 1st, what will be available are the child cares that are not open now are able to open, uh, the botanical gardens and outdoor museums and historical sites, so places that are outdoors, um, that's going to happen on June 1st. In phase 2B, on June 15th, uh, most indoor retail. So as you know, we announced on May 18th that retail will be able to open for pickup and drop off. And now the opportunity to allow people to come inside of your stores are available. Outdoor dining, summer camps, professional sporting events and other entertainment venues with no spectators with approved health plans, private household indoor services. Uh, so that's if you have, for example, a, a housekeeper, nanny, or others, um, that, that sort of thing can resume. Religious services and ceremonies, outdoor exercise classes, and non-emergency medical appointments. So if you need to go to the dentist, um, or other appointments, uh, those are the kinds of things that you can look forward to. Uh, in phase 2C, July 13th, we anticipate indoor dining with modifications, hair salons and barbershops, and I know everybody is excited about that one. Real estate open houses by appointment only. And in, to be clear, even though this is a guide, this guide and these dates are subject to change if the data 
determines a needed change. And this is to provide everyone with a guide as to what we are looking at and if the numbers continue the way they are, we will hopefully get to a point where these businesses can open. Now in phase three, which is the one I am looking forward to the most, uh, schools with modifications, bars, other personal services like nail salons, massage parlors, tattoo parlors, gyms and fitness centers, playgrounds, swimming pools, and indoor museums. Uh, and finally, uh, in phase four, uh, we have not yet determined a date. All of this is contingent upon what happens as we open phases two and three and the data in determining what is a more reasonable time frame, but we're hoping that concert venues, live uh, audience sports and performances, nightclubs, festivals, and all hotels and lodging for leisure and tourism. Uh, and I, I just want to be clear uh, again that this is just a guide. This is a goal that I have, of course, to get there. And the only way we get there is through your cooperation. And as a result of having more people moving around and contacting and around one another in, in this capacity, it requires that we get a little bit more strict with the face covering. Because we know that social distancing, face covering, and hand washing are really key to helping to prevent the spread. And so what we're asking people to do uh, in our new uh, face covering requirements is when you are outside and say, for example, you're enjoying the park, uh, we're asking you if you're within 30 feet of someone else to wear a face covering. Uh, and we want you to just think about it in a way that it's not necessarily just about protecting yourself, it's about protecting other people. Uh, so we want more people who are outdoors uh, to wear face coverings um, in addition to some of the requirements that we had before. And again, I just want to go back to a comment that I have made time and time again. If you are not the police, please don't act like the police because part of the last thing we want to see are people who are confronting other people and creating uh, uh, what could escalate to a violent situation. Just let us do our job. Do your part. Because as long as you're doing your part, your part is having an impact on everything that we see happening in this city. These numbers are going down because you are doing your part. So for those who are bad actors, unfortunately, you know, we're not going to be able to control all of those folks at any given time. But the last thing I want to see is a confrontation uh, because someone decided that they were going to go out and try and regulate uh, the need for people to wear masks. And we are doing the very best we can. Uh, in fact, the numbers are good. And would I like to open faster? Yes. Would I want these things to happen faster? Yes. But the only way they're going to happen is with our shared experience. So I'm really excited. This is a, a, a great step forward. And what this means for our city uh, is just getting adjusted to our new normal. Uh, I know that more than anything, we all want to go back to the life that we once knew before COVID. Uh, and now uh, for the next anywhere between 
uh, 12 and 18 months, we are going to back to the life we knew before, uh, however, with some adjustments to our new normal as a result of COVID. Uh, and, and you all seem to be getting used to it. I, I see folks in line wearing their mask and keeping their distance. Um, I see folks just making the adjustments and I really appreciate that. I appreciate all that each and every one of you are doing uh, to comply because it's really the only reason why we are in this place that we are where we can start to talk about uh, a safe opening plan for the city and county of San Francisco. And just two things I'd like to clarify before I bring up our assessor, uh, Carmen Chu. Um, the health order for the stay at home is extended indefinitely. Uh, so this plan uh, is being implemented, but we are still asking people to stay at home if at all possible. Also, there's been some confusion around office space, and I think that the goal is to provide guidelines for you know, working environments. There are some people who will need, as essential workers or as these businesses open, will need to work in offices. But what we're asking people to do, if at all possible, if you have the ability to telecommute, we are asking people to telecommute. And for those who need to come in the office for whatever reason, uh, we ask that you make sure that your work environment is such that you are keeping your staff safe. So we are adjusting again to our new normal, uh, and we have all this information at sfgov.org. Uh, if you have any questions or any other concerns, please reach out to us. Uh, we are uh, not where we want to be, but we are in a better place today uh, than we were last week. Uh, and finally, I just want to uh, mention that tomorrow I'm, we'll be having a conversation at 1 o'clock with our county health officer, Dr. Tomas Aragon. I know that a lot has been said about county health officers all over the Bay Area and the decisions that they are making. Well, it's time that you meet your county health officer. Uh, and he and I are going to have a conversation uh, to talk about the decisions that are being made and why and how we can uh, follow uh, these protocols in, a, in an effective way that's going to help deliver uh, reopening sooner rather than later. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Uh, and with that, I'd like to uh, turn it over to our assessor recorder, Carmen Chu, as soon as I finish wiping the microphone. Thank you very much, uh, Mayor Breed. Uh, I do want to, at this moment, uh, take a moment to acknowledge her leadership, not only in helping us to weather the initial health response, but also to guide us as we begin to think about reopening the economy. I also want to take a moment to thank uh, my co-chairs on the Economic Recovery Task Force, Jose Cisneros, Rudy Gonzalez, as well as Rodney Fong, who are all uh, doing incredible work to make sure that we are working together uh, to move San Francisco forward. Uh, today, I'm so, so pleased to be here with you uh, because this roadmap is an incredibly important step as we begin thinking about the recovery efforts here in San Francisco and in the wider Bay Area. I think, uh, as I mentioned before, San Francisco and the Bay Area led the way in the nation in terms of our public health response. That effort helped to save lives here. And there is no reason to think that San Francisco and the Bay Area can't also lead again with responsible and thoughtful approach to reopening our economy. 
Through the task force, we heard from hundreds and hundreds of San Franciscans, people who are on our task force, businesses, uh, residents who live in all parts of our neighborhoods from different sectors and different industries about some of the challenges that they have gone through. So many people are out of work. So many people are afraid of losing their homes, losing their businesses. And so we really needed to provide a way for people to begin to plan and to think about what that future may look like. You know, I think one of the things that we heard so much from people was not only were the economic challenges difficult, but also this idea and concept of uncertainty was also incredibly hard. Not knowing exactly how the disease works, continuing to learn every single day about how that is changing with science and experiences from around the world, um, and also just having uncertainty around when things might open and when things might be able to change and when restrictions might uh, be different um, was a huge burden and a huge worry for individuals. And so when we think about today's uh, message and the importance of creating this roadmap, it truly is uh, creating an opportunity for people to be able to plan and to prepare for what that future looks like. When we think about businesses reopening, we all know that you know, closing was difficult, but restarting is infinitely harder. It's not easy to all of a sudden flip the switch and start a business all over again. And so part of the goal of creating this roadmap and this vision forward is truly to provide to San Franciscans an idea about what is coming next so that we can plan and we can prepare so that we can all be part of the solution together. A few things that we want you to know, I know that the mayor spoke about some of the details about the elements that will be coming forward in terms of the different sectors that are coming online, is that we want to share with you a little bit about the thought process for how the plan was developed. The plan balances a whole number of different components that we understand are incredibly important to San Francisco's public health response, but also to our economy. First and foremost, we want to make sure that we're balancing the best knowledge we have about the science of COVID-19. I think as many people know, we're constantly learning from other places about how it spreads, the way that it reproduces, the prevalence of it, and mitigations that are successful. We want to build a plan that considers these factors. That is part of this roadmap here. Second, we want to make sure that we're considering the limitations and directions that are provided by the state of California. I think as the mayor eloquently spoke about earlier, the state provides information for the entire state to follow. We might be able to move in different phases in terms of slower steps than the state, but again, it really has to be taken into account what the larger state is allowing us to do and then what is specifically uh, advisable given our own health indicators here in the local jurisdiction. In the plan, we also played, paid special attention to our most hard-hit sectors and those communities who were most economically uh, vulnerable. I think this is an incredibly important concept. We wanted to make sure that we continue to look at recovery with an equity lens. This is a value of San Francisco and something that is incredibly important to us here. And this is why we have moved things like restaurants, retail forward. Those were amongst the hardest hit sectors in San Francisco, but not only that, represent a very large number of individuals uh, who have amongst the lowest wage earning as well. So we really wanna make sure that we're continuing to support our vulnerable communities and looking at all phases of our reopening with equity in mind. Finally, the plan also understands that there are several core functions uh, that are really underpinnings to an economy opening. And so those are things like making sure we have a viable public transportation system. It also means considering childcare. 
we can't have a fully open economy if our kids are at home with us. And so I think that these are all practical things that we've heard from San Franciscans, from businesses, to be able to move forward. The final thing that I will say is that, I think as the mayor mentioned in multiple ways, this plan, this roadmap is truly a guidance. It helps us to understand what is coming forward. It helps us to prioritize our work. It helps San Franciscans to be able to plan and prepare for what is to come. That doesn't mean that it's set in stone. It means that this plan is going to be flexible. It's going to adapt based on any changes to state guidance. It's going to also adapt if we learn more about experiences about the disease going forward. And so again, I couldn't be more happy to be here to be able to provide a roadmap, to be able to reflect the concerns that we've heard from hundreds and hundreds of San Franciscans in this plan. A plan that is helpful, that is thoughtful, that again, really balances all of the needs from our public health side, but as well as the importance of making sure that we're providing a way for people to make ends meet. So again, we're very uh, thankful to be here and are looking forward to continuing to work with our San Franciscans, our businesses, to make sure that we have a thoughtful, responsible approach to reopening. Thank you so much. Okay, our first questions are for uh, Mayor London Breed. Thank you, Madam Mayor. We have similar questions from Janie Haar at the Associated Press and Dominic Ficasa at the San Francisco Chronicle. Can you articulate how San Francisco will be interacting with other Bay Area counties who will not be affected by these changes? In other words, what was, San, what was the decision-making that led San Francisco to chart its own course with this reopening plan? I think Dr. Colfax can speak more to it, but I think for the most part, uh, the county health officers have worked together uh, to try and make decisions that were in the best interest of public health, understanding that uh, as a region, we are uh, closely tied to one another because in San Francisco, for example, uh, you don't just have to live here to be impacted. People come from all over the Bay Area who actually work in this city. So it was definitely important that we work together to develop uh, guidelines uh, collaboratively that uh, w uh, led to where we are now. But we also realized San Francisco is, is more of a density maybe than other places, but also we see that our numbers and the data is a lot different. And what we want to make sure that we are doing is, when at all possible, when it, when it all makes sense, that we are able to open and provide the opportunity for uh, folks to, to move forward um, safely. And we will continue to work with, and, and like I said, Dr. Colfax can talk a little bit more about that, but we'll continue to work with other counties. But uh, we also need to do uh, what's in the best interest of San Franciscans. Thank you. The, the next question is from Carrie Sisto, Hoodline. There are nearly 450 tents on Tenderloin sidewalks. How can businesses in the neighborhood expect to participate in any of the reopening options when the sidewalks are already occupied? Well, I, I would tell you it, it definitely is very challenging that there are so many tents um, in the city um, and a lot of uh, people who unfortunately are unhoused. And as we deal with this pandemic, uh, what we have done is not only provide access to hotel rooms for uh, many people who are homeless, but also safe sleeping sites. Um, so basically places where people, um, parking lots and streets and trailers and, and other things to try and start to move people off the sidewalk. 
uh, it continues to be a, a real challenge and we'll do everything we can to continue to move in that direction to provide safe sleeping sites uh, as we go through this pandemic. Thank you, Madam Mayor. The next question is from Stephanie Sierra, ABC7. In New York State, there is an order allowing businesses to deny entry to anyone not wearing a mask. Do San Francisco small businesses have that power? Yes. And as a follow-up, do you think the state is moving too fast towards a full reopening? I think that it, it, I'm, not the, I'm not the health expert here. Um, I, I, I would like to move faster, but I also understand that we have to balance the data with reopening. And I think that it's different from different counties. San Francisco, the numbers are different, as I said earlier, they're different than Napa County or other places where you see lower numbers. So I, I do think um, that the state is providing an overview for all of us, and it's appropriate because some people are ready to open and ready to move forward, whereas other cities are not. So, so I do think that the guidance is appropriate and it could change based on what we see happen uh, throughout the state as it relates to the numbers. Thank you, Madam Mayor. The last question for you is from Trisha Thadani, San Francisco Chronicle. The amount of homeless people who have died on the streets between the end of March and May spiked dramatically compared to the same time last year. What do you make of those numbers? Do you plan to reconsider how the city is providing services and resources to its homeless? I think, unfortunately, um, as we said before, uh, early on, that a crisis like this uh, only makes things worse for the most vulnerable, uh, for people who unfortunately are disenfranchised. And I, I will say that we have a homeless outreach team and we have paramedics and police officers and others who have done an incredible job of really literally putting their lives on the line to go out in the streets and try to help people. Uh, and others who have provided meals, who provided support. Uh, and the fact is, you know, we are doing the very best we can. And if we were able to uh, help every single person that we know needs help on the streets, we would. It's been very tough, especially with social distancing and with the lack of capacity and, and, and the fact that this has been a fluid situation. But when you look at what San Francisco has done and compared to any other city in the country as it relates to serving its homeless population, whether it's ensuring uh, thousands of meals a day, whether it's um, making sure that we have people who are, uh, are getting services and support and housing and hotels, whether it's thinning out our shelters, uh, provide safe uh, tent uh, sites for folks, uh, and continuing to go out there and to try and help support people who, in some cases, um, have, have real challenges with substance use disorder and mental illness. Uh, when you look at what San Francisco has done in comparison to any other city, uh, we are doing the very best we can. Thank you, Madam Mayor. The next set of questions are for Dr. Grant Colfax, San Francisco Department of Public Health. Thank you, Dr. Colfax. This is following up on the questions from Janie Hart, the Associated Press, and Dominic Fricasa at the San Francisco Chronicle. Can you articulate how San Francisco will be interacting with other Bay Area counties who will not be affected by these changes? In other words, what was the decision-making that led San Francisco to chart its own course with this reopening plan? So we are in 
constant communication with other neighboring counties. We know that this virus no, knows no borders, but we also understand that um, to follow the data, science, and facts, we need to tailor our response to our specific uh, locales. And as the mayor stated, uh, San Francisco is a very um, dense community. Um, and it's a community that also has many people coming in uh, to work from, from outside San Francisco. I think the key uh, points are that uh, the health officers across the region um, have agreed to a key set of indicators that will help us move forward. We will be monitoring uh, the same uh, outcomes to ensure that uh, our region as a whole um, is, is doing as well as, as possible. Um, the shelter-in-place shelter orders are largely consistent. Um, and again, I think that based on uh, local needs, uh, local capacities, uh, some of uh, the responses may be tailored going forward, as you see in uh, this stepwise approach to our, our gradual reopening. Thank you, Dr. Colfax. The last questions for today are from Dan Kerman, Cron 4 News. Is the city concerned not enough people are getting tested? And what do you plan to do about that? So I think we've made remarkable progress. Uh, the mayor, one of the mayor's priorities um, has been increasing uh, testing capacity in San Francisco. Uh, we've made remarkable progress in that. And I mean, just to, to look at our, our rates um, compared to uh, other regions, um, we are doing very well. I am uh, pleased where we are with regard to our testing capacity. We will continue to expand that. But right now, um, we're in the right place, um, and we will continue to expand going forward as our reopening expands. So certainly more testing to come um, as we move forward uh, together. And lastly, how often should essential workers get tested, and are you looking at mandatory testing of essential workers? So um, we will be working, um, looking at the evidence and data to uh, establish uh, testing guidelines uh, for uh, uh, workers in San Francisco. Uh, right now with City Test SF, we have made uh, testing available to essential workers. So essential workers can go to City Test SF and get tested. And specific guidelines um, will be developed um, as, as these phases move forward. Uh, and we are collaborating very closely with the Economic uh, Recovery Task Force to ensure um, that, that uh, the public health um, uh, components of reopening are are very much represented in these next phases. Thank you, Dr. Colfax. That concludes today's press conference. The, uh, as a note, the full press conference will be available on YouTube at SFGovTV's page. Thank you very much. This has been a special edition of Civic from the San Francisco Public Press to bring you full audio of the latest city press conference about San Francisco's response to the coronavirus pandemic. You can also find this audio and a brief text summary online at sfpublicpress.org. This was an update officials gave on Thursday, May 28th. Because we're running full audio of the announcement with only pauses and silence edited out, we've had to interrupt our normal programming. We'll return you now to PRX Remix, storytelling from public radio. This is KSFP LP 102.5 FM, San Francisco.